Um, hello. Good afternoon. Okay, so before we start, allow me to explain. So baka nagtataka kayo bakit puro bagets yun nasa harap. Opo, nakikibagets ako. Today is the second youth-led service. So if you remember, uh, a month ago, si Nate ang nag-preach at nilid tayo ng young people. So for this Sunday, young people po ulit ang maglilid. Yun lang, para malinaw sa inyo. So before we start, uh, can you join me in prayer? Father God, we thank you and we praise you for this afternoon. We thank you and we praise you for the opportunity to come before you and to hear your word, to worship, and to express our adoration to you. Lord, please open our hearts, please open our minds, and allow us to be focused on your message and your word today. Cover me in your, in your blood and hide me behind your cross. Para po yung message mo lang yung marinig. And allow each and every single one here to have their hearts opened so that they may hear you personally and intimately. We thank you, we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so for the past few Sundays, we have been talking about worship. And hindi mag-iiba yung topic natin ngayon. Worship pa rin tayo. Um, for today, we are going to do a study on Psalm 147. But we, before we go into Psalm 147, since this is sort of the last Sunday, allow me to provide you with a short, very short recap of two important things that we've learned with uh, the past sermons about worship. So worship. The first thing that I want to point out about worship is worship is important. At the very start nung passage natin sa Psalm 147, yun nakaagad ang sinabi. Psalm 147 verse 1 says, Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. So if you look at the passage, at the very beginning of our entire chapter, nandun na kagad. Praise is important, it is pleasant, and it is fitting. Why do we do this? Why do we praise? Why is it pleasant? Why is it fitting? So if you look at the ESV, there is a footnote on that specific word, pleasant. It says, it's good to praise and it's good to sing praises to our God because our God is beautiful. There is that specific point that he makes about it. Our God is beautiful. That's why it is important for us to praise him. So that's the first point I want to make dun sa recap natin. Worship is important. The second point I want to uh, remind everyone about is worship is personal. Worship is an intimate thing. It's very personal. It's very intimate. Sure, uh, as a congregation, we do corporate worship, just like what we did earlier. Uh, we praise and worship together. But even if we do praise and worship together, we praise and worship in a very personal way. You may have people uh, to your left, to your right, singing the same songs, but the way you sing that song, the way that song affects you, affects you in a personal way. 
the, the lyrics of the song, the words of the verse speak to you in a very personal way. Very personal siya, nag engage sa atin. Kasi worshiping is a form of expression. It is wired exactly to how we feel. Um, whatever state, whatever feeling you have at this moment affects the way you worship. So those are the two points uh, I want to remind us about. And if you'll humor me, I'd like to pose some questions before we get into the meat of the message. So if worship is very personal, what are you feeling today? Kung kayo ay reaction sa Facebook, alin kayo dyan? Which reaction do you relate the most to right now? Sige. Pag-isipan nyo muna at uh, pag nilay-nilayan nyo mabuti kasi baka iba sa inyo, like na lang, ganun. Uh, but what, what reaction, what emotion do you feel right now? How, how do you feel at this very moment? Are you happy? Are you excited? Are you sad? Are you angry? And I guess the next question I want to pose after that is, because I'm sure lahat tayo dumaan na dyan sa different emotions na yan. Yes? Personally, when do you feel like it's easiest to worship? When is, when is the best time for you to worship? When you're happy? When you're feeling really, I can say the word because we're in church, pero when you feel really bad, when, when is the best time for you to worship? Actually, the, the point of the message today is to ask you the question na maybe it's not when we're feeling things that it's easy for us to worship. Kasi there are times na ganyan na tayo. What if we don't feel anything anymore? What if we're not happy? We're not angry, not sad. We're just there. Um, to, to our American friends, if you'll permit me to slip into Tagalog for a bit. Sa Tagalog, alam niyo yung tuod ka na lang, para ka ng halaman, wala ka nang nakaramdaman, nandun ka na lang, nakatanim ka na lang dun sa paso, you're just there. What if you're just going through the motions? So how can you worship when you don't feel? What if I don't feel like worshiping anymore? What if I am just there and everything is just washing over me? So today, ito yung pag-uusapan natin. So what if I don't feel like worshiping anymore? Or specifically, what if I'm too numb to worship? Uh, whether consciously or involuntarily, you know that feeling of numbness? That feeling of emptiness, that feeling of blankness that you have. Yung parang, yun nga, wala ka nang nakakamdaman sa'yo. It's a scary thing to feel. Or not feel. It's uncomfortable. Pero it's there. If you look at these headlines, you can see how big a problem it is now. The Doctors Without Borders uh, had a study that says depression can be 
as much of a disability as blindness. There was this article in the Business Mirror that says there are close to 300 million people in the world living with that empty, sunken feeling in them. And out of those 300 million people, 4.5 million of those live in the Philippines. And this article was taken four years ago. It was written four years ago. So how much more, how many more people are experiencing that in the Philippines right now? Um, this article in Rappler says that out of that 4.5 million people, there is a large tendency for, for everyone to see suicide and self-harm as a way for them to escape that sunken feeling or to at least feel something again. They, they cut themselves, they hurt themselves just so they can feel at least pain. And if you are in that state of sunkenness and emptiness and hollowness, you don't really know how you got there and you don't really have that specific pinpoint in time na parang, okay, nung January 24, 2018, naging depressed ako. You don't. You just wake up one day and realize na parang, bakit wala na akong nakaramdaman? I don't feel anything anymore. And what's even scarier is reading these articles, talking to people I know who experience uh, this kind of emptiness in them, one thing is consistent sa sinasabi nila na meron silang awareness, they know that they, they're empty and they know that they're hollow and they're sunken, but they don't do anything about it. They feel like Wala eh. Ganun lang eh. Yun yung nakakamdaman ko. In Tagalog, yan yung nafe-feel nila. Bahala na. Bahala na si Batman. Nothing happens. I can't do anything about it. I will just let this empty, hollow feeling I have inside swallow me whole. What does the Bible say about it? Biglang naging tahimik yung crowd, ang heavy kagad. Um, what does the Bible say about this sort of sunken heavy feeling that we have? If we read Psalm 147 verses 2 to 4, it says, The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars and He gives to all of them their names. When I was preparing uh, for the message and I was reading through uh, Psalm 147, one thing that struck me and one thing that I was happy about is I was reminded that God isn't man. And that was, that was a huge relief for me. Malaking kaginhawaan sa akin malaman na si God, hindi siya kagaya ko na tao. Why do I say that? Kasi, if you meet someone experiencing that darkness of their soul, that hollowness in their heart, what is the first thing you will do? Sasabihan mo siya na, oh, kawawa ka naman. 
or okay lang yan, pray ka lang, or siguro hindi ka nagbabasa ng Bible masyado, or hindi naman totoo yan, depression na yan. And I, I was comforted with the fact that God isn't man. He isn't prone to that uh, those traditional niceties that people do. Hindi niya ginagawa yung lalapitan niya yung tao at sasabihin niya, okay lang yan, friend. God doesn't do that. If you read the passage, it calls them outcasts. It calls them broken-hearted. And it calls them wounded. Reading the passage, there is a comforting fact na the Lord and the writer acknowledge what they were going through. There is a conscious and comforting decision to say na they are hurting or they are in a sunken deep place that they don't understand. And I understand that. I recognize that. Um, there is a comforting and a genuine acknowledgement of what they were going through. But God did not stop there. Kasi one thing that uh, I, I usually have a mistake of making, and I, I think everyone is guilty of this, is we think of God as a passive observer. Para sa atin, nakikita natin si God na si God nasa heaven, tayo nasa earth, Tapos, di ba, pag sinasabihan ka na, okay lang yan, nakikita ni God yung pinagdadaanan mo. God knows what you're feeling right now. He understands what you're going through. And we feel that, okay, God understands and that's it. He stops there. But that's not true. God is not this impartial, impersonal witness sitting in His throne in heaven just watching. Because God takes an active role in our lives. If we read the passage again, uh, it says, The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts. He heals the brokenhearted. And He binds up their wounds. Para dun sa mga students at mga mahilig sa, sa grammar, action words yung ginamit. And, and the words are crafted in an active voice. God is actively doing something. Meron siyang actual actions na tinitake to help you out. He is building you up. He is gathering you and He is healing you. And then verse 4 gives me joy and gives me hope because it says, He gives to all of them their names. And it's a comforting fact to think kasi kung si Lord alam yung name ng stars, paano pa ako? Ibig sabihin kung si Lord alam niya yung star, siya yung gumawa doon at alam niya yung pangalan noon. Ibig sabihin ako, mas kilala niya ako intimately. He knows who I am. He knows everything that I feel. He knows my needs. He knows my numbness. He knows my aches. And He knows that dark, dark hole that I have in my heart right now. Sometimes when we are experiencing that dark night of the soul, that sunkiness in our hearts, we are tempted to turn to other people. And we are tempted to ask for their help. 
uh, or vice versa, if we hear about someone who is experiencing a dark night of the soul, we rush to be by their side and try to fix them. The first thing we think about, and I'm sorry, pero ako guilty ako dito. I do this sometimes. Alam niyo yung pinagchichismisan niyo yung tao in disguise of prayer. Uy, pag-pray natin si brother ganito kasi may pinagdadaanan siya. Ah, talaga? Ano pinagdadaanan niya? Tapos after 30 minutes of talking about the person, magpe-pray kayo ng 5 minutes sa kanya. Or lalapitan mo siya, tapos ang una mo mga sasabihin, ang una mo sasabihin pagla- paglapit mo sa kanya, alam mo nangyayari din sa akin yan. Or sabihin mo siya, alam mo brother, ganito gawin mo, kasi ganito yung ginawa ko. Or siguro kulang ka sa prayer. Or tatapikin mo siya na, claim mo na yung victory dyan, friend. Or you, you tell someone to say, Think positive. Neg- negativity lang yan eh. Nag-iisip ka negatively. Isip ka lang ng positive thoughts, tapos yung energy ng universe, tutulong sa yan. Or worse, sasabihan mo siya, alam mo, gutom ka lang. Nag-lunch ka na ba? Treat kita ng lunch, tapos wala na yung depression mo. Sometimes as Christians, it's tempting for us to be there immediately and try to fix them, to try to say the right words. And we struggle most of the time to be there and s- figure out what to say to get them to feel better, to get them to be okay. But maybe like the passage, like how the Lord acted, what they need right now is just that acknowledgement and that acceptance for someone that they know and they trust to tell them that it's okay. I know you're not okay. I'm not okay. And it's okay not to be okay. Why? Because other people might not be able to help. They might they they might not be able to say the right words. But we we and and sometimes you're burdened to say the right words, but we have a God who is great and is abundant in power. It is our God who lifts up the humble. And unlike other people, it says here that in verse 5, we have a God who is great, He is abundant in power, and His understanding is beyond measure. Unlike normal people who may have the right words to say at that right moment. Malay natin, tama yung advice na binibigay nila, pero advice lang yun. Or, may capability sila gawin, din la alam kung paano. But we are blessed to have a God who knows what to do to help you, knows how to lift you up from that sunken place of numbness, and has that power to help you. And it's a, it's a good reminder for us to know na he, he knows what to do he has that power and he is actively actively seeking you out ika nga nung isa kong favorite na writer si CS Lewis Aslan is on the move so hindi siya nandun lang he is actively seeking you out and he is actively on the move he knows what to do to turn your life around and he has the power to do it and if we know that we have this god 
who knows what to do and how to help us. How do we respond? We can only respond by singing to the Lord with thanksgiving. That's the first point. It's numbness. It's that emptiness. It's that hollowness in your heart and in your soul. Pero baka pwede niyo sabihin sa akin na, Brother Calum, masyado ka namang ano, serious. Hindi naman empty yung feeling ko. Hindi naman siya hollowness. Hindi naman siya a dark pitch black hole in my heart. I'm, I'm not numb. I can still feel. Um, Nag-i-enjoy pa naman ako. I still sing songs and listen to songs pag naliligo. Uh, nakikinig pa naman ako sa music pag papunta ako sa work, sa MRT. I can still enjoy other people's company. I still feel happy. Yun nga lang, medyo busy ako. And maybe that's the second point. Maybe that's the second thing. Um, we get too numb, not because we're hollow, and we get too numb not because we have this emptiness inside, but because we are busy. And we get too tired. Sometimes we get way too tired. Kasi we keep grinding every day with the things that have been uh, entrusted to us. Whether we are students, employees, parents, working parents, stay-at-home parents, we grind every day and it wears us down. I saw this article when I was researching, and again, screen cap siya para maniwala kayo na totoo siya. It says that currently the education system is designed in such a way that we are producing stressed and sick children. There was another article, hindi ko na na screen cap, ang tawag niya ghost children. Is your school producing ghost children? At ang definition niya sa ghost children is your child is physically present in class pero naka-zone out siya. Nothing is being absorbed at home or at school kasi physically, emotionally, and spiritually, they are exhausted. To the campus outreach people, alam niyo yan. Gumagawa kayo ng paper after paper Project after project, report after report, tapos elective pa lang yun. It's not even for your thesis. It's for that one professor who thinks that the elective is more important. And then there's also articles like this. Uh, there was a Japanese woman who died from overwork because she logged 159 hours of overtime in a month. Hindi ko na po babanggitin kung anong industry yan kasi tinatamaan ako. Pero, she died after doing 159 hours of overtime. And it's such a big epidemic na in Japan, they actually have a word for dying from overwork. It's called karoshi for people who speak Japanese. There was this one company in Japan that was sued by the government because they were found liable because one employee committed suicide after doing overwork. She, she wasn't forced to work overtime, pero she felt like she needed to work overtime. She logged, I don't know, about 100 hours a week of overtime. 
Tapos, after finishing the project, she committed suicide. And it's not just in Japan. The article below says, too much work kills. Si Senator Poyan. And then the research goes, 8 million Pinoy's overworked. And we don't have to look elsewhere. We have people here who live in the north, Quezon City, Bulacan, Antipolo, na nagtatakabaho sa Makati. And you know this very well. Gigising kayo ng 4 o'clock, maliligo kayo ng mabilisan, kakain kayo ng 5, para makakating sa MRT ng 6 or 7, so you can get to work at 9. You spend close to 4 to 6 hours every day commuting, and it's wearing you down. It's grinding you and it's tiring you out. Tapos para naman dun sa mga stay-at-home parents, kasi baka sabihin nyo na unfair, puro working people tsaka students lang. Stay-at-home parents actually have it worse kasi while the people who work, uh, they have lunch breaks and coffee breaks, stay-at-home parents can't say this to their kids. Anak, saglit lang, huwag muna akong kausapin, naka-coffee break ako. You can't do that. At any point, especially, ayoko magtawag ng mga ano, pero yung mga, may mga bagong baby pa lang, pag umiyak yung anak nila, hindi nila pwedeng sabihan yung anak nila na, anak, wala pa, hindi pa ako on the clock, saglit lang. Or, hindi naman snooze button yung baby mo, napipindutin mo siya, tapos titigil siya umiyak. So we are, we are grinding every day. We hustle and we work until we are bone tired. We are too tired to eat. We are too tired to take a bath, to brush our teeth. We are too tired to crack open our Bibles let alone attend service on Sundays. And if we don't have the strength to keep our eyes open, how in the world do you expect me to lift them up in worship? So what does the passage say about that? If we go to Psalm 147 verse 8, it reads, The Lord covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth. He makes grass grow on the hills. So if you'll allow me again, let's go through the passage. How is God demonstrated in verse 8? It says, He covers, He prepares, He makes. We are still using action words. We are still using verbs. So what do we take from that? Ibig sabihin si God, actively working din siya. We, we see a demonstration of God working. So, hindi work yung problema. So, hindi natin pwedeng sabihin, ah, titigil na ako mag-work kasi nakakasagabal siya sa pag-worship ko. Work isn't the problem. Pero if we notice how God is demonstrated working, may manonotice tayo na pattern. He covers the heavens with His clouds, he prepares rain for the earth and He makes grass grow on the hills. There is a pattern to it. There is a season to it. There is a structure and a time with how God works. Sure, naniniwala naman tayo na God is almighty and all-powerful. Isang ganun niya lang, tutubo yung grass. 
But what God did to demonstrate it to us is that He takes a pattern. He takes a structure. May time siya for work. There is a time to grow. There is a time to prepare. There is a time to plant. Hindi siya tuloy-tuloy lang mag-work at hindi siya tira lang ng tira mag-work. God takes His time. We are not... And, and what we can learn from that is that we are not designed differently. We are not designed to be robots na nag-work 11, 12, 13 hours a day puro overtime. We are designed para magkakaon tayo ng season for work a pattern for work, and then we also have a season and a pattern and a time to rest and to worship. Pero sige, before nyo sabihan na, Brother Caleb, isa kang entitled millennial na hindi nakakaintindi ng importance ng pagtatrabaho, puro kareklamo, at, at ang dami mong entitlement issues. Naiintindihan ko po na kailangan natin magbayad ng bills, Kasi hindi na ako nakatira sa mga magulang ko ngayon. At ako na po ang nagbabayad ng bills namin on a regular basis. At alam ko pong mahirap siya at masakit siya at wala akong naiipon. So I understand completely. Alam ko yung need to work at yung need to grind. And I also understand that sometimes you just feel that there are not enough hours in the day. And and it's a it's a reason for us to to be numb kasi wala nang wala nang oras eh kailangan mo mag-work na mag-work at mag-grind na mag-grind kasi there are things you have to pay for there are things that you have to spend for and you work because you need those things how does the passage address that in verses 9 to 11 it reads the lord gives to the beasts their food and to the young ravens that cry. Tapos post muna tayo doon. Verse 9 muna tayo. It makes a point in saying that God is good and loving enough to provide for the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. He gives to them. Hindi siya barter. Hindi siya trade. Hindi siya worship mo ako ng konti tapos bibigyan kitang pagkain. He gives freely. And then one thing that I liked when I when I was Reading the passage, it says, uh, God is good and loving to provide what they need. Yung, yung beasts of the field and the birds of the air. And then that other thing that I like, that it was pointed out in the passage was, the young ravens were crying. So there, the, the writer makes a point in saying that, God is good and loving enough to provide you what you need even as you're crying for whatever it is that you need. So it doesn't stop you from crying out to the Lord, and it doesn't stop you from asking the Lord for help. Pero you can rest assured na, as you cry, as you ask the Lord, Lord, kailangan ko po ng pambili ng ganito. Yung meral ko po namin, wala akong pambayad. Or puro, ayun, dilis na lang na naman yung kakainin namin mag-asawa. As you cry, na alam mo, and you have that assurance that the Lord knows what you need, and He is providing for you, even as you ask. And in the next verses, we can see why God is good and loving to provide what we need. 
in verse 10, it says, God's delight is not in the strength of horses, and it is not uh, in the legs of man. He takes pleasure in those who fear Him, and in those who hope in His steadfast love. What this means is, God wants you to hope in Him. God wants you na as you work, you put your hope in the Lord. Yung provision na hinihingi mo, yung material na kailangan mo, will come from the Lord. And that's what you think about and what you do as you work. So okay, ibig sabihin ba nun, di na ako mag-work ulit? Titigil na ako mag-work, tapos magre-rely na lang ako kay Lord? No. By no means, it does not mean that. Um, hindi ko na siya sinama, but if we go through the Bible, especially Proverbs, there are a ton of verses that talk about the importance of hard work. And it extols hard work. So, the passage is not telling us not to work. What it is actually warning us about is giving so much time, so much effort, and so much thought into our working na nagiging idol natin yung work. Na ang focus natin is, I will work hard so I can get what I need and what I want. If we work hard thinking only that it is through our toil, through our effort, through the strength of these hands, kung makukuha yung pambayad ko ng mihal ko, then work is a burden. But if we work hard, trusting that we have a God who knows exactly what you need and has the power to give you what you need, and He lovingly gives you exactly those things, then work can become worship. Kasi nagiging joy natin si Lord, nagiging hope natin si Lord in our way of working. And if work becomes worship for us, then we have no other response but to say, praise the Lord, praise our God. Okay, so the first point is numbness through something very emotional, something that we uh, lack in our hearts, that feeling that we lack in our hearts. The second is a numbness through overwork and being tired and being uh, ground down na, na wala na tayong nakakamdaman. Baka pwede nyo sabihin sa akin na sobrang internal naman nung mga yun. Okay naman ako eh. I am not tired. I'm not in an existential funk. Hindi internal yung concerns ko. The reason that I can't worship is because I am too restless. And if I ask you, what are you restless about? Um, the world. Sorry, ang gulo-gulo na ngayon eh. Let's be honest, tignan natin yung, yung mundo ngayon and sana walang magalit sa akin, pero if we look at the world today, it is a certain word that I can't say in church that starts with S. It is that kind of place. Sobrang gulo na ng mundo ngayon na dun sa mga nagko-commute on a daily basis, if you had the opportunity na mag-grab, mag-grab kayo, Kasi mas safe. Sino sa inyo yung nadukutan na? 
How does that make you feel, Mikey? Bad. I'm mad. Mad. The streets nowadays aren't safe in any way. Um, there was a time uh, dun sa area kung saan kami nakatira ni Rory na kinlose yung isang portion of the street because someone got shot. At nung dumating kami sa bahay namin, nandun siya sa, sa parang doorway malapit sa bahay namin. Huwag niyo pong sabihin sa nanay ko kasi baka pauwiin niya kami sa amin sa Quezon City. Pero it was a reality that there was a dead body on the street who was shot mga 30 minutes before we got there. Two days later, a couple of streets down, another guy was shot. So sabi sa akin ni Rory, mag-grab ka na lang pauwi. Mahal eh. Okay lang. Bahala na si Lord sa atin. Pero there is that fear. And there is that certain restlessness because the world is a scary place right now. Without going into politics, we can all relate to this. Even our American friends, you know, you know full well how messed up the world is right now. And maybe that's the reason we can't worship. Because we are worried and we are terrified, and we are restless. Pag nanood ka ng news ngayon, parang may, parang may anxiety disorder ka na after mo manood. Kaya nakikinig na lang ako ng music pagpapasok eh. If you watch the news, puro na lang negative yung nakikinig. And it's not their fault. They're just reporting what's happening on the streets. And maybe it's that, that's the reason why we become so traumatized and desensitized at the same time of everything that we're hearing and seeing and experiencing na hindi na, tayo, hindi na natin alam kung paano mag-worship. Kasi maybe this is the question that we're all asking. How can you seriously expect me to worship if everything is going from bad to worse to that word that I can't say? Is there anything in our passage that addresses that? Psalm 147, verses 13 to 14 reads, For He strengthens the bars of your gates. The Lord blesses your children within you. He makes peace in your borders, and He fills you with the finest wheat. May assurance for us that God is actively protecting us. He strengthens the bars of our gates. There is an active protection that you feel from the Lord. He is protecting where you are and He is keeping you safe. And verse 13 makes that very, very clear na that protection is not just for us as individuals, it is for our children and the people we love. Wala pa po kaming anak ni Rory to the disappointment of both my parents. Pero I can understand completely yung anxiety and stress and worry na nakaramdaman ng parents for their children. All the more siguro yung mga bagong parents right now. Kasi ang gulo ng mundo eh. 
minsan nga sa school na lang hindi mo iwanan yung anak mo kasi natatakot ka na baka mabully or baka maimpluensya na hindi maganda. What more pag nagpaalam na naman, sasama ako sa mga kaklase ko, lalabas kami. May dread and may fear for you, for your children. But verse 13 makes that clear. He blesses our children within our walls. And it's not just protection that the Bible promises. It's also peace and it's also provision. He makes peace in your borders and He fills you with the finest of wheat. Now, if you'll allow me to take a moment and make a point here, there is a significant difference, I think, between the words protection and the word peace. If you say you're protected, imagine natin nasa World War II tayo. If you are protected, nandun ka sa bomb shelter. Alam mong hindi ka tatamaan ng bomba, you know that you won't get hit by any bullet or bomb, but you can't sleep kasi you hear the bombs. You have that restlessness. You know you're protected, pero you don't know how long you're going to be protected. Nakikinig mo yung bomba. The difference between protection and peace is, peace is you are in that bomb shelter, sleeping soundly like a baby. You don't worry about the bombs. You don't worry about the bullets. You don't worry about anything and everything. You have peace in your borders. You have peace in your heart. Because with God, there is a uh, provision of protection, peace, and, and whatever it is that you need. What is our assurance that God will provide for us. What is our assurance that God will protect us and grant us that peace na sinabi niya dun sa verse? Verses 15 to 18 read, The Lord sends out His command to the earth and His word runs swiftly. He gives snow like wool, scatters frost like ash, hurls down His crystals of ice like crumbs. Who can stand before His cold? Let's try to look at the context of when this was written and where it was written. Sinulat yung passage na ito sa Israel way, way back. And during that time, Israel was an agricultural country. Lahat ng pangangailangan nila in terms of food, in terms of protection, nanggagaling sa agriculture nila. So, if Israel had a good, bountiful harvest during that time, they were set, they were good, they were fine, they were happy. What were the words used dun sa passage? Snow, frost, ice, and cold. These things kill plants. And these things kill the harvest. If you don't have the harvest, you have instability, you have famine, you have drought, you have worried people, you have hunger, you have fear. Now, let's try to look at those words in relation to our God. How, does, how did the passage 
define these words against our God. Snow becomes wool. Frost is like ash. Ice are like crumbs. And who controls the cold? God controls the cold. The things that people worry about, the things that they are afraid of, the things that cause them panic and instability, they're nothing to our God. They are things under His control and they are things that are trivial to Him. Kaya niyang iswat away yun. He sends His word and the waters flow. He sends His word and all of these things melt away. Familiar kayo dun sa term na to, rest assured. That is the feeling. I think, yan yung magandang uh, summary nung part na to about protection and provision. That, that term, I think, perfectly encapsulates how we should feel as Christians when we experience moments like this. We can rest assured that we are safe in God's hands and we are protected and we are provided for in His embrace. So if, I think the question now is, if these are things that we want, if these are things that we worry about, if these are things that, that we are panicking about, if we have become too numb because of all the things that we worry about and feel, is there a way for me to go from being numb, from this certain numbness that I have, to worship? Verses 19 to 20 read, The Lord declares His word to Jacob, His statutes and rules to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know His rules. The Bible makes it very clear how we can enjoy that freedom from numbness and that freedom to worship our Lord and to enjoy His protection, His provision, and His peace. And that is to be part of His children, to be part of His chosen people. Kasi yung chosen people ni Lord, yung Israel, they have exclusive access to God's protection and God's peace. And if we lived many, many, many years ago, that's the end of the sermon. Israel is safe. We're all not safe. Let's go home and hide under our beds. If we lived many years ago, bad news lang yung makirinig natin. But thank God that He is loving and good. And there is good news for us that God wants to invite you to be part of His family, to be part of His chosen people. May invitation si Lord for us to be part of that family and to have access to that protection, that peace, and that love. And that invitation is only through His Son, Jesus. Bakit si Jesus yung ginamit na, na way to invite? Because Jesus is the perfect sacrifice and the perfect mediator for us. He understands exactly, He understands perfectly whatever worry, whatever fear, whatever doubt, 
whatever heaviness and numbness of heart we have. And more than that, He doesn't just understand. He has complete authority and absolute power to do something about it. Bakit si Jesus yung way for us to be part of the family, to be part of that uh, uh, chosen people? Because Jesus is an understanding Savior for the numb. If today you are feeling that numbness, that heaviness in your heart, that you can't worship anymore, you can read these passages. Isaiah 53, verses 3 to 4 says, Jesus was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. So if you are feeling heaviness, if you are feeling grief, if you are feeling emptiness in your heart, you can rest assured that Jesus, this understanding Savior, understands perfectly what I'm going through. And He doesn't just understand, He has borne my grief and your grief, and He carries our sorrows. Romans 8.26 says, The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes with us with groanings too deep for words. Are you in that point in your life that you are numb and you don't know what to say anymore? Even in your prayers, you don't know how to be honest to the Lord? Then rest assured that Jesus understands and that He intercedes for us with groanings that are too deep for words. Hebrews 4:15 to 16 perfectly illustrates that. We have a high priest who sympathizes with our weakness. He understands our weaknesses. So because he understands, we have the confidence to draw near to his throne of grace, that we can receive mercy and find grace in those moments that we need help. Or maybe we're too tired from all the work that we're doing then Jesus is a caring Savior for all the tiredness and exhaustion that we have. Gasgas na gasgas na tong verse na to. At every time magpipikit si Pastor Nomer, lalabas at lalabas tong verse na to. But there is a reason for that. Matthew 11, 28-30 says, Come to me, all who, are, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon, uh, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Do you feel worn down because of your academics, because of your work, because of your parents or your children, your responsibilities, everything that you have to do? Kung nakaramdaman mo na parang ginigiling ka na everyday because of all the things that you have to do, then come to our caring Savior and He can provide you rest. Or maybe we are too restless to worship. We are worried and we are afraid and we, we don't feel hope for the future because of everything that is happening in the world. Then we can count on Jesus to be our powerful Savior. Romans 8.37 in all these things, we are more than conquerors because of Him who loved us. We have the power to overcome 
every and all trial and tribulation that we are experiencing because we have a powerful Savior. In Romans 16.33, he said, I have said these things so that in me you may have peace. Even if you are experiencing all these difficulties, even if may numbness na sa soul mo, even if worried ka na on a daily basis. Because in this world, you will have trouble. But you can take heart, you can have peace. Because Jesus has overcome the world. Are we too restless and worried to worship? Then we can look to Jesus for our peace and our protection. So if Jesus is all these things for us, and He does all these things for us, if He is an understanding, caring, powerful Savior, how do we respond? Philippians 4, 4-7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. If Jesus selflessly, lovingly, and powerfully did all these things for me, and if He is not stopping in doing all these things for me, if He selflessly and lovingly provides me protection, peace, and provision, how else can I respond but with worship? So, before we end, at alam ko wala siya sa script, would it be okay to request the worship team to sing yung Hold Me Now as a response? And then, let's close in prayer. that in our hearts there is nothing hidden from you you know Lord yung yung heaviness ng hearts namin the numbness that we can experience on a day-to-day basis because of different things and different reasons Lord each and every single person here has something that they are facing, something that that is causing them not to worship. It may be a personal problem, it may be an external problem, it may be family, finances, security, sickness. Lord, whatever it is, whatever concern, whatever problem we have, Lord, whatever emptiness and hollowness is causing us not to worship you, Lord. We ask and we pray as a congregation. Please get rid of those things. Please protect us from those things. And and grant us victory. Grant us joy. Grant us strength. May we find our hope. May we find our joy. And may we find our security in you. And Lord, if there is anyone, if there is anyone right now in this church who does not have a personal, intimate relationship with you, 
if that person wants to feel and to experience that joy, that protection, and that peace that comes only from our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, speak to them powerfully. Touch their hearts, Lord. Invite them, Lord, and allow them to respond. And I pray, Lord, that they will surrender their lives to you. If there is anyone here, just invite the Lord Jesus to come into your heart. Ask forgiveness for your sins and thank Him for the sacrifice that He has made. Lord Jesus, we claim your protection and power and peace for each and every single one here. We thank you, we praise you, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.